Welcome to the Wheel of Sport. My name's Ian McNally, and with me is supposed to be Matt Lavery, Matt Lavery, but and he's bringing the wheel today as well, but he's not here. So I've been waiting in the studio. He's normally annoyingly on time, and he's not here, so I'm, I'm a little bit worried about him. I'm going to give him a call now. Hello? Hello there. Hiya, Matt. I was just wondering, I'm just waiting in the studio here. Um, is anything, everything yes. all right? Yeah, everything's fine, mate. Listen, sorry, I've got some news. I've, um, I'm with the wheel, and uh, yeah, we're in Edinburgh in Scotland. Edinburgh? Yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've moved out. <laughs> to Edinburgh? I'm in, I'm in yes. Melbourne here, Matt. <laughs> What's this? Yeah, that's all right. It's not, that's all right. It's not Wick as well. It's fine. I'll get the wheel spinning. Look, it's, it still works. It still works. All right, you've got the wheel hostage. You're going to cut bits off and send them through the post or what? <laughs> <laughs> let's get let's get the wheels spinning, mate. It's still it's still fine. All right, still go on. I'm happy fine. I'm happy to carry on this podcast. I'm happy to do the episode. Come on. Get it going. All right, let's have it. Here we go. <laughs> so uh, I can't believe this, Matt. It's bloody bloody Scotland of all the places. Sunny Australia. It's cold up here. <laughs> Good. <laughs> The topic for this episode, because I can't see the wheel, Matt, what is it? It's red mist. Red mist. Yeah, Ooh. do you want to take it? Yeah, red mist is is one of those ones where, you know, things, you know, the mist descends. Maybe people get a bit angry. People get a bit um, clouded in their judgments. People do things that perhaps they wouldn't do if they're feeling well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to focus... The red in this, there's definitely mist in this story. There's definitely a mist that clouds judgment. But the red bit is very pronounced in this story because this story is about an athlete. An athlete who not only was he three times world champion, but he was also an Olympian. His name is Boris Onischenko. It's a good name, He's not man, somebody I'm familiar with. It's a good name. That, who is he? That is, that is a strong name. I'm a bit insulted, Matt, that you don't know who he is. Because Boris, he medaled at multiple world championships, winning team and individual medals for the sport of modern pentathlon. Ah, yes, the modern pentathlon. Now, I, I know, I know you're <laughs> already big. thinking, what are they doing that? So it's shooting? Is that one? They I love the way that you, I love the way horse. that you went to shooting straight away. You, you monster! It, no, no, not at all. It's I know I know one thing about the modern pentathlon, which is I think it was designed by like a soldier, and it was if you were good at all of these things, you'd be a good soldier. So you had to ride a horse, do some shooting. Uh, I can't remember what else. Yeah, you're actually dead right, Matt. It was the, the, the well, the original pentathlon in the ancient Olympic Games was basically like a foot uh, a foot race, wrestling, long jump, javelin, and discus. But they were all skills that you'd need to be a, a Grecian soldier. And the modern uh, version, um, it's kind of debated who actually created the modern um, version. It might have been the Kubitin who started the Olympic Games, but um, it consists of swimming fencing riding running and shooting so it's quite a 
strange mix of sports. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I could imagine you'd be good at one or two of those. Like, you could be, like, triathlon, you'd do swimming and running. But then to jump on a horse (laughs) and then be able to shoot and then fence, like, that's really... And also to have the equipment for all those. Yeah, it's it's not a poor man's sport, is it? It's very middle class, isn't it? Like, it's like at least, very, at least middle at least. class. <laughs> <laughs> the very worst is middle class. Yeah, yeah. Let's be kind. Uh, it, it's it, let's let's call it an aspirational middle class sport. <laughs> yeah. Good. <laughs> it's the stuff that the Daily Mail dreams of. So, all of these strange sports, and obviously you're going to have a strange mixture of people who are capable of carrying these sports out, but also just having exposure to the sports as well. So, you know, fencing, it's a very, like, fine skill to be able to fence. You know, swimming and running, you can kind of take in your average kind of daily routine. Um, but riding and shooting, again, and the the way that it's broken up is the fencing. They they use the Ipe which is the sword that they use. And they basically try and get points off each other by very light touches to the body. The swimming is a 200-meter freestyle race. The riding is essentially it's show jumping with 12 to 15 obstacles. So it's not and even then, a race? No. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like dress up. It's like making the horse dance over <laughs> different things. So it's so weird. The competitors don't even know which horse they're riding until 20 minutes before the start of the event. That's a bit of a leveller. Yeah, so they don't get to know the horse. They just show up and they go, that's yours. Like, that's a donkey. (laughs) So so it's a very strange thing. What a strange sport. Doesn't sound like the kind of sport where people are going to like... It doesn't sound like a natural bedfellow for red mist, put it that way. Yeah, it sounds very civilised, doesn't it? And even like the the shooting event now, uh, the shooting events used to um, involve real guns and then involved air pistols. But there's a laser run now, uh, so each competitor runs 3,000 metre laps, uh, which are preceded by hitting five targets with a pistol. It's, it, That's right, I've seen that, yeah, so they run and then they do a shot and then they do some running and then do a shot. Yeah, so part of it is really trying to, you know, because obviously when you're running, your body will shake a, a little. Um, so keeping yourself steady when your heart is beating quickly is kind of the skill. So it is very, very kind of military driven, really, because all of these tasks like controlling a horse and, and being able to run and swim and, and the fencing are all kind of romantic military things that they do but Boris Oroshchenko he's from Kiev in the Ukraine so he, he's been born in 1937 he's grown up in the Soviet Union and he finds himself multiple world champion he's medaled for the team Mexico City in 1968 he's got silver as part of the team but it's in Munich in 1972 where they really shine because he wins gold with the team and silver as an individual. Oh, what a so champ. he is just such a wonderful um, kind of poster boy for 
the Soviet Union because winning all of these, not also kind of emulating the team spirit as well. This isn't just an individual event, but it's part of the team. And, you know, team teamwork matters in the Soviet Union. Togetherness, <laughs> you know, solidarity seems to matter. Probably not to the leaders, but definitely to the people. So you've got this strange sport, and then you've got Boris who comes in into the 1976 Olympics, which, can you remember where the 1976 Olympics were, the Summer Olympics? No. It's one that I think everybody forgets about. And when I tell you <laughs> that it's Montreal, <laughs> oh, yes, you, you know why you've forgotten it? Because Montreal has also hosted Winter Olympics. Winter Olympics, yeah. And I think it's, it, uh, yeah, I, I have actually heard that before, yeah. So you never kind of think of that as an immediate Summer Olympic venue. but Definitely not. Boris enters the 76 Olympics and he is seen as one of the strongest, if not the strongest competitor in the field. Now, one of the other um, competitors in the field is a man called Jeremy Robert Fox. Now, that's probably a name from the British upper class. Yeah. And it it, it is. (laughs) It is. (laughs) So, So, Jim Fox, as he was known... um, you know, he's not kidding anyone, is he? <laughs> Jim. <laughs> I mean, he's not going to waste his life away playing fruit machines in the Fox and Hound, is he? Well, he might because he's called he Jim might. Fox. Uh, <laughs> Let's not make assumptions. <laughs> so Jim, Jim Fox was a really strong athlete. He was in the British Army. He was actually a sergeant in the Royal Marine Electrical Mechanical Engineer Corps. So he's he's not sleepy. He's he's a smart guy. And he actually won the British title record 10 times for the modern pentathlon. And he's the only British pentathlete to have competed in four separate Olympic Games. Okay. So this is a, a strong... He's got pedigree then. He's, he's got a good pedigree, but he's never medalled. Okay. Like, for example, his first Olympic debut, he placed 29th. And then right. his second one in 68, he actually got to 8th position. So, progress, you know. Yeah, but I... but he, find, he finds himself um, against this young man, Boris Onyschenko, from, from the Ukraine, in the fencing now, what happens in a modern pentathlon in the fencing is it's a round robin. So you you fight everybody. Fight is that the word? What do they say when you fence? You fence um, everybody. Probably that is it. I don't know. You face maybe you face no because they don't have faces, do they? They have these like uh, bi grills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they look like beekeepers. Saber um, to saber. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll we'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So they face up to sabre each other. The interesting thing here is that they've done the round robin and before Boris Sonoshenko faces Jim Fox, there's been a couple of strange things that have happened because he faced Adrian Parker, who was also um, playing, competing for Britain. 
And also Danny Nightingale as well was there. But Boris Sonoschenko, he faced up to Adrian Parker and he beat him quite well. Mm-hmm. But Adrian Parker was kind of feeling a bit strange about things because he kind of didn't think that Boris laid a glove on him, really. He he kind of thought it wasn't a fair contest, but he couldn't quite work out what had happened because in fencing, the the Ipe is uh, the, the one that they use in the modern pentathlon, and it's got a little mechanism which when you push and it lands on your opponent and there's a force of 750 grams, so only a fairly light um, touch, then automatically the sensor in the screen above lights up. Uh And so it's a fully automated system, which is pretty cool, isn't it, in like the 1970s? Yeah. I mean, they've only just got color TV. It's a... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and they've got they've got swords that can speak to machines it's amazing yeah, nice. so so it's fully automated so he he fights against um or fences against Adrian Parker and ha- beats him handsomely then he's up against Jim Fox now Jim Fox is a as i said before has got really good pedigree in this event yet the score is <laughs> for Boris Onyschenko is going up and up and up to the point where old Jimmy Fox, he stops. He says, I'm not, I'm not having this. This is, I can't be getting beaten this badly. As it transpires, he goes over to the judges and he says to them, I'm not being hit, yet the sensor is going off. Something needs to happen. Technical and so, problem. Some, some, there's a technical problem. So they inspect the Ipe of mm-hmm. Boris Onyschenko. And they can't find anything. They let the contest go on. Right. And Jim, Jim Fox is handsomely defeated. However, they don't let the issue rest. They have another look at the Ipe. And in the handle, the 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 parts, the metal parts, you know, like Captain Hook supposed to protect protect your hand. Yeah. Now, what they're expecting in there is a little device, which is the pressure sensor, which is linked Mm. up to the sensor in the board. But when they peel back the leather, they find the secret compartment. Isn't that exciting? Yeah, we love a compartment. (laughs) There's a... There's a... (laughs) The wheel of compartments, that would be... (laughs) An outstanding podcast. <laughs> they, they, it's a little picture of his grandmother. Oh, no. <laughs> sorry, that's, 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 a ghost. <laughs> that's his grandmother. And there's, there's a little handkerchief from Braveheart, William Wallace. Yep. Now, um, <laughs> they pull it back and inside is a device that they've never seen before. And it becomes apparent that this device can talk to the board and put points on the board without the sword being depressed into the opponent. How brilliant. 
<laughs> Good on you, Boris. <laughs> so he's just he's just waving his sword around, fiddling with he's, it, and getting points. He's waving it in thin air, and the buzzer's going off. Other points, other points. Yeah, nice. Jim, Jim, and obviously Jim Fox being an army guy, you know, let, let's say rules are important <laughs> to, to those people. So Jim Fox is like, he's kind of shocked by this, but also very understanding. He's very forgiving for an army man. He he kind of describes, he says, in retrospect, he said that Boris might have just panicked. <laughs> which, okay. which is Generous. lovely, isn't it? It is very kind, isn't it? Like, it's he panicked, so he, he did some research and development on a device that was not premeditated at all. Yeah. In a fit of rage, he fitted it into his eBay. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't sound so, right, does it? It's quite crazy that he even tried this. And one of the frustrating yeah. things about this is that Boris is good. He's good. He's a good competitor. But he, is that just he, because he's always been at it? Possibly. But let's, <laughs> <laughs> let, 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 I mean, be of uh, the the Soviet history of bending the rules is not great. Yeah, and it's not their desire to win as well, and the fact as well that when he fought uh, Jim Fox in the fencing that he was only one place behind Jim Fox, and Jim Fox was third. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was just outside of the medals. When they managed to uncover this electric e-pay device, the punishment for Onischenko was massive because he was thrown out of the competition. Rightly so. Yeah, rightly so. <laughs> <laughs> I can let him continue. <laughs> Imagine how disappointed his horse was. Yeah. <laughs> 20, 20 minutes. Come on. The only horse without a date. Yeah. <laughs> it's like speed dating and you're on the table with nobody sat a lot opposite you. Now, Onischenko, he's thrown out of the competition. The, the implication there was that the Soviet Union had to scratch the team event because he was part of the team so not only does he lose his individual but he lets down the whole team again rightly so (laughs) (laughs) well yeah yeah i'm I'm with you now the other punishments which i think were a bit strange was that he was threatened apparently the ussr volleyball team Threatened to throw him out the window. <laughs> I thought you were going to say throw him out the competition. Throw him out the window. Defenestrate him. Defenestrate the fencer. Like it, it seems. What seems bizarre? Like it. I don't know. I, I don't it. know a lot of people who play volleyball. But I mean, can you imagine them like pushing him up? <laughs> You're just what story the... was the building? What window were we talking about? As well? 
He said, don't, don't throw me out the 13th floor. They said, it's no time for your superstitions, Boris. <laughs> <laughs> so so the, the other strange thing is that when he went back home, people were understandably dark on him. He was thrown out of the army. There was rumours that he might have been banished to the uh, Siberia, but that's the other rumours say that he just went and drove a taxi. And <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in between. Maybe he did a so, taxi so, in Siberia. <laughs> Siberia. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so he did actually uh have to go and face up to Brezhnev, who was the leader of the USSR at the time. Oh wow, yeah. Isn't that a scary thing? Love that. I love it when the politicians want want you to come and um, answer for your indiscretions or your performance yeah. at an Olympic event. Yeah, <laughs> come and talk to, to us Brezhnev. About it. Yeah, but it, it, it's it's also had an impact on the sport because the rules of the sport had to be changed from that point. So they actually um, changed the grip so that you couldn't hide wires or switches. I mean. <laughs> But this is quite weird to me, Matt, because the competitors are allowed to bring their own sword, their own ipe, but not their own horse. <laughs> like, wouldn't it make sense? I was going to say, it would make ba- sense just to give them all the same sword. Yeah, there's just a bag of them, and then <laughs> you just pick one, you know. Or they could add, add another event where all the swords are in, like, you know, like Kaplunk. Remember that game? Yeah. <laughs> And you've got to pull the sword out. Oh, wow, without dropping a marble. The marbles fall down, yeah. That would be incredible. Or you could add another one where you've got to create your own device. So it's like a a technological... Like an arms race. Yeah, exactly, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Build your own drone. You could like really take it to the military to the next level. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> It'd be great. I mean, poor Boris, he got a massive uh, 500 ruble fine. He never could compete in a sport again. But the British team, however, they went on to win gold at the Montreal uh, 76 with, Games. With Jim Fox. As a, t- as a team, yeah. So Jim Fox, Adrian Parker and Danny Nightingale took, took it out. And that's... Uh, I think that's the only gold medal at the modern pentathlon um, Britain have won. So the the nicknames as well that Paul Boris has to live with now because he's still alive. He's 82 now as time of recording. But the newspapers, and you can, I'll, I'll let you decide who the best writer, journalist is here. <laughs> one, one newspaper described him as Dishonestchenko. Nice. Well, that's oh, what that I is... thought you were, you know, I thought Honest Chenko sounds like, <laughs> that's good. No, it's obvious, but it's good. It's good, dishonest And the other, another newspaper described them as Boris the Cheat. <laughs> Just... Less good. <laughs> I would have thought like, you know, Boris was foiled the fencing or so you yeah. know there's a yeah, few there good. that you could do but you know having to face you know there's conspiracies still talked about uh today by 
well, just by us, but there's <laughs> conspiracies about this Bond pentathlon, which, which is essentially that, you know, Boris, this wasn't, he wasn't a lone wolf. He can't have been a lone wolf in this. This was a no, complex device. Surely. State-sponsored. State sponsored, yeah. Cheating, yeah. Created, you know, he was forced to use it and he was made a scapegoat. It seems a real shame because I think that like the Soviet Union as an entirety uh, have been proven to be uh, have cheated in previous Olympic Games and used drugs and used you know these artificial uh, assistances to to meddle, and I kind of think they would have done all right without it. It seems a real shame. <laughs> but they had to meddle in the medals. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> And I got Matt, I got so excited when I saw that um, Onischenko had won an individual and a team gold at the World Championships in San Antonio because, you know, San Antonio Bay in Ibiza was like the place to go and disco in the in the 90s and noughties. I got so excited until I realized it was in America. Yeah, different San Antonio. De- devastated. <laughs> <laughs> well you'll have to tell me about your Ibiza clubbing days after the podcast <laughs> I, I've never been oh, no, I, I, just, I just wanted to live vicariously through people who used to like who used to overhear in Liverpool going ah mate I went to San Antonio Bay as proper boss me <laughs> so if if Boris could even reside there now what a what a what a place to be but I don't think he'd be the only Soviet competitor to have a story to tell and sadly in this story he doesn't really have a voice but there we are the red mist the communist mist the, communist <laughs> the red I was peril in the red mist right i see i see see that that's the link Matt. <laughs> i was waiting for it <laughs> there's a red under the bed you know yeah got it <laughs> so there we go the 1976 Montreal Summer Olympics with a great cheat at the centre. Thank you, Boris Onoschenko. Thank you, Boris. Dishonoschenko. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Matt, obviously you're going to tell the listeners to do all nice things for us, but have you got the Scottish accent ready? (laughs) How long have you been in Edinburgh? Uh, I've been in Edinburgh for four days, Ian. So it's it's all brand new. I haven't I haven't got a job yet, um, but I've got a wheel, um, <laughs> and uh, uh, do... I'm, I'm going to add some tartan to it. You know, if uh, oh, if that's nice. all right with you. You you do know that Interpol listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the run, surely. Four days in Edinburgh. You haven't told anyone. Come on. <laughs> <sighs> Mate, what a fantastic uh, story! I enjoyed that, and um, I enjoyed I enjoyed speaking to you via the medium of uh, the internet. Is that what it is? <laughs> You've turned into an old man. You sounds like you've gone back in time. You know, yeah, I'm in just left country. <laughs> I have. <laughs> oh, brilliant! 
Well, thanks everybody for listening to the Wheel of Sport podcast. Make sure you tell your friends about it, share it, and please rate us wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get in touch with us via Instagram at the Wheel of Sport or Twitter. Um, it might take us a while to respond now, Matt, in uh, foreign climes, but we will get back to you and we love hearing from you. So if there's any stories that you particularly liked or you have a suggestion for us, then please do get in touch. And Matt from Over the Seas. Yes. Well, for some of our listeners, for others, I'm on the same same I, island. So. I get the I get the stats, Matt. Only one and a half people in Scotland listen. So, to date, and that's you. That I realise it's you. Yeah, that's it. Thanks, Matt. Thanks ever so much. <laughs>